Hey, everyone. Welcome to Locked on Lakers for Friday. Brian Kamenetsky, Andy Kamenetsky. The Lakers are wrapping up what has been a very, very strange and somewhat disappointing 2021. What is there to look forward to in 2022? Well, for starters, how about four games in a row the Lakers really need to win? We'll talk about all that and more coming up on Locked on Lakers. You are Locked on Lakers. Your daily Los Angeles Lakers podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Thank you everybody for making Locked On Lakers your first listen of every day, Monday through Friday. We get this thing up bright and early, so no matter where you are, how you listen to your podcast, where you take it in, you can uh, you, know, you have fresh Lakers stuff to uh to go ahead and listen to we also want to let you know that today's episode of locked on lakers is brought to you by prize picks check out prizepicks.com and use the promo code nba or go to your app store and download the app today prize picks is daily fantasy made easy um so andy we're going to talk about 2021 as a basketball year uh it has not been particularly kind to the lakers uh, no but- it has bridged uh two seasons uh one that was definitely disappointing one that seems to be moving in the direction of disappointment but neither was boring so a lot happened oh, oh a lot, no a lot there no. is to uh to look back on well, no, also- i can't say i'm having fun but i definitely have not been bored i'm not bored no i, no. I you know i sometimes wish i was a little bit more bored things would be going more smoothly um, so we'll get into some of that. We'll also talk about things that are making us a little optimistic. Andy, it's a new year. We're yes. turning a page. Let's start the new year with some optimism. So we will make sure to finish this show on an optimistic note, stuff that we believe is at least somewhat promising for the Lakers as they head into 22. Um, but let's start actually with uh, what's right in front of us. Uh, the the upcoming schedule, Andy, it, it's it seems like we're sort of in this perpetual cycle now with the Lakers at 17 and 19 after the very disappointing loss uh, Wednesday night in Memphis. They now enter a part of the schedule that for very different reasons than we thought at the beginning of the season becomes very important. Friday night, New Year's Eve, at home against Portland, a, a struggling Blazers team, uh, missing important players, 13 and 21, lost 8 of 10, one of the worst teams in the conference. Then they get... Uh, the the Timberwolves at home on Sunday, a team that has beaten the crap out of them twice. Uh, the Kings at home and the Hawks at home. The Hawks a week from uh, a week from Friday. So those are four games that are important in the standings, Andy, and important because the opponents are extremely beatable. Yeah, these are all teams below five hundred. These are all teams that have been dealing with different degrees of either adversity, underperformance, disappointment. You know, the Atlanta Hawks were the, you know, one of the, all of the above. Yeah. I mean, (laughs) the Hawks were one of the great stories of last year. You know, a team that even if you thought, okay, maybe they're a little bit out ahead of their skis, you know, in terms of getting to the Eastern Conference Finals, this is a team that is definitely moving in the right direction, even if there's a little bit of regression. 15 and 29, that is not a little bit of regression. And, you know, Sacramento is always a mess. The Timberwolves, even when things are going right, they never are. And Portland has no 15 and idea. 19, the Hawks F- are. Excuse yeah. me, 15, 15 and 19. Uh, I couldn't read my own writing. And <laughs> uh, Portland is, like I said, they're at a crossroads right now in terms of just big overarching questions with that organization. And as vulnerable as the Lakers are right now, these are four teams that can be beaten. And the Lakers 
absolutely have to beat them. Like three and one over that slate is really the minimum that you need to see in or in order to feel good about those next four. Like you've got to, this is a, a place they're at right now where every single legitimate opportunity matters so much. Yeah. And you know, I, I look at that, you know, in, in terms of the standings, so the Western conference has been incredibly cooperative in a lot of ways for the Lakers. I, not in Hashtag every way. Rigged league. Yeah, seriously. Um, you know, not in every way possible or every way available. But you can we got to maintain so some much. appearances, Brian. It can't be that obvious. <laughs> right. After Wednesday's game, the Lakers fell five games behind the Grizzlies for the four spot. So, like, catching Memphis, assuming the Grizzlies don't just fall apart, and I don't think they will. I think they're a good team. Uh, if anything, they ought to get better as the season goes along and they, they they continue to get players back, players healthy and all, and and just keep growing as a group. So it, for practical purposes, unless the Lakers do something that none of us is expecting, um, the five spot is probably as high as they can get. And they're only two, despite everything, they're only a game and a half behind Denver uh, entering uh, Thursday night's games, although a few of them already been canceled. Um for that fifth spot one of them being denver's yes um so that they won't change much is my point so when when the lakers take the floor against portland portland is one of the few teams in the conference that is kind of way out of it right now i mean as much as a team can be um the lakers have you know that that minnesota game to me is incredibly intriguing because the the wolves are in technically speaking in ninth but are functionally in a three-way tie with the Lakers and the Mavs and you know for seven, eight, nine. The gap between the Lakers and the Nuggets of the five, I mentioned a game and a half. The gap between the Lakers and the Kings in 11, remember 11, Andy, that's when you're not even in the play-in anymore, is two games. So you got the Timberwolves who are behind them. You got the Kings who are behind them. You give up games to those teams. Not only are you pushing, uh, you know, you know, tiebreakers, missing opportunities, all that stuff. You're falling behind the teams that are chasing you. And the more you, the more teams you give yourself that you have to jump over once things hopefully get going in the way that you want, the more open you leave yourself to a team getting hot. The Spurs getting hot. The Mavericks getting hot. The Clippers getting hot. Whatever it might be where you don't really control your own destiny here. And the, the Lakers, as as much star power and you believe in LeBron, you don't want to be in a situation where you don't control your own destiny. I mean, have the Lakers felt like they've controlled anything this season? You know what I mean? Like, uh, even, yeah. even under the relative best circumstances the Lakers have faced this season, they have never felt firmly in control of anything. So I think if there's one thing we know we cannot count on, it's them... It's them being able to succeed under even less control. It's you just, know, they, yeah, I'm sorry. Whatever yeah. relative control you can take of the season amidst everything that's been happening, you got to grab it, man. Like you, you have to treat this stuff with the type of urgency that we have occasionally seen this team play with, but not nearly enough on nearly a regular basis. And that, yeah, I, that that's something that attitudinally just needs to change. And I think they're getting better at it. It just, it is such, it's a weird, it's a mindset issue. I think for everyone, people who follow the team, people who write about it, people who watch it, fans, players, people inside the organization, because these games are important. Like you, you look at, you know, Oh, it's Sacramento, whatever. Like these are games that you don't want to give away because you're expecting to, 
you know, be a, a contender at the top of the conference? What if it costs you home court for the all the way through the Western Conference? This is how we were thinking of these games, this stretch of schedule earlier in the season when you face bad teams. Now it's the reverse. Like, you know, in that old scenario, it's it's the games against Denver, it's the games against Utah. It's a, because those are the marquee ones that are going to be like the Western Conference Finals. It's a preview. Those ones matter more. Now it's the exact opposite. Memphis is disappointed because you gave away a game that the Lakers theoretically would be stealing in that situation. Uh, second night of a back-to-back against a team that's higher up above them in the standings. You know, when they play Utah in six or seven games or whatever it is, that's that goes that's the that's the least important game <laughs> in this stretch of schedule because they shouldn't beat Utah. If they lose to Utah, it's not like that's expected right now. Um, and it, it is just, to me, a, a fascinating indicator of where the team is um, as we head into the new year. Well, I mean, the good news in terms of where they're heading, and we can talk about that coming up out of the break, is they're actually starting to get more whole. And mm-hmm. maybe come Friday against the Blazers, they're going to be as whole as they've been in quite some time. and. While that is a positive, it also adds a very interesting wrinkle to the season. So let's we can talk, talk about Brian. all of that. Yeah. Next. Laker fans, you've been hearing me tell you about prize picks for months. Have you signed up yet? Prize picks is daily fantasy made easy. If you haven't checked it out yet, you're missing out. You're going to love this app for the NBA and for mixed sports pickums. Prize picks has the best NBA DFS prop game. On the market, PrizePix offers more NBA props than any other DFS prop operator and offers them all the superstar players as well as bench players only recording a handful of minutes each game. And PrizePix, this is what's really fun uh, beyond the fact that you can get a 100% instant match uh, for your deposit up to $100 if you use the promo code NBA. PrizePix allows mixed sports entries. So you can go like the over on LeBron points combined with the under on Matthew Stafford passing yards like you can keep it weird you can keep it fun like that's a really really fun way to hopefully you know win a little cash so use the award-winning app on both the app store and google play entries can be made in 60 seconds or less it's that easy prize picks it's safe they offer fast withdrawal so go to prizepicks.com today use the promo code nba get you, go to the app store download the app prize picks is daily fantasy made easy if you're not playing prize picks honestly you don't know what you're missing so, Andy, you mentioned it going into the break. The Lakers are getting some dudes back. Austin Reeves, Kent Bazemore, Trevor Ariza um, all should be returning to the lineup, if not Friday night, certainly uh, into the weekend and into next week. And this is a big deal for the Lakers because as we saw on Wednesday, they they are leaning into some of these small lineups. Um, I you know, It's actually something I think we're going to touch on as the show goes on. But we're put in a position where guys like Carmelo Anthony had to play defensively in ways that they wouldn't want to and really had to play more minutes than than they would want to on the second night of a back-to-back when he wasn't playing well offensively, wasn't moving well defensively, mostly just didn't have a lot of options. When you have Reeves available, when you have Baysmore available, particularly when you have Ariza available, you have much more flexibility in how you can deploy lineups um, what you can do, the defensive combinations you can have. And I think a guy like Reeves is a perfect piece of connective tissue that can make someone like Stanley Johnson better because 
you don't have Johnson and say Dwight on the floor at the same time. Um, you know, two kind of negative offensive players, but also somebody like Monk better because he can help the the broader defensive integrity, which is not Monk's strong suits. So you keep that offense on the floor. Ariza, I think, serves some of that as well. So like these are really important guys to get back just for creating optionality, a word we love here, and and flexibility and starting to put these pieces together with a small lineup in a way that makes sense. Yeah, I mean, what's really important for this team, as much as they are leaning into going smaller, and both of us have thought you know, before this season even began, much less when we actually saw it play out, that this is the direction they should be going in, but you need your relatively biggest players in order to allow yourself the most you know, options and credibility when you go smaller. And they've been too small for their own good to really try to do this thing that they want to do. Obviously, the biggest piece in all of this is Anthony Davis because that unlocks the best version of themselves Sure, you know, going small ball. But at the same time, even without Anthony Davis, even without, you know, even with all the imperfections that come with going small with Anthony Davis shelf, they're still better than what we've seen trying to go relatively bigger with Dwight Howard, with DeAndre Jordan. I mean, both of those guys, to be totally honest, and this has become, I think, sort of an under-talked uh, part of this season because there's been so much other stuff to keep up with. They're big men not named Anthony or Davis being borderline unplayable. Although Dwight, a, I will say Dwight has Dwight played, I thought, pretty well on Wednesday. I mean, okay. He was but and in I think you know, the game I think he had a couple decent games before sure. he went. But I mean, protocols. but DeAndre Jordan's had some decent games. DeAndre Jordan, too. right? De- but overall, both of them haven't played particularly right. well. I mean, and Dwight even playing better hasn't been great. Right. I mean, if you if you asked me which one I'd prefer to play, if I have to choose between one, it's Dwight at this point. I used to think it was pretty irrelevant. I don't think it's a massive game changer, but I think you can make a more definitive case towards Dwight. If nothing else, I will break the tie with the guy who plays harder, and that's clearly Dwight. But it doesn't change the fact that neither one of them has been particularly effective at all. And at times, I think both of them have been borderline unplayable. Like, it, this is... This is something that would seem unfathomable to a lot of fans last season because of how controversial he was, even though you and I kept trying to tell people not as big a deal as you think he is. The Lakers would have been way better off just keeping Andre Drummond than either one of these guys, and it's not even close. Yeah, and you know the, the return of these, these players obviously creates more uh, opportunities for the coaching staff, You know, hopefully Frank Bogle back soon as well, to to create lineups to put different combinations together but it's also going to squeeze some guys and that could mean avery bradley it could mean newbies like darren collison i think somebody like stanley johnson is going to continue to play it would be um, and that, at this point if he's not retained for the rest of the season which means someone's going to get cut and we'll, we'll yeah. you know cross that bridge when when they get there um the other guy that this is really intriguing and we touched a little bit on it on thursday's show in terms of the impact on his playing time and the impact on the team is Taylor Horton Tucker. Yeah. Because his playing time is going to be impacted by the availability of Reeves, the availability of Ariza, the availability of Bazemore, should they choose to play him. Um, Johnson eats into THT's potential floor time, and he played under 20 minutes THT did against Memphis. So like, it's already happening before these dudes come back. This creates, Andy, a real conundrum 
for the Lakers, to say the least. Indeed, uh, Brian, because on one hand, the Lakers are in a place right now where they have to win every single game possible in front of them. In See order segment to... one of this yes. episode. Yeah, just to stay alive for all the reasons we talked about earlier in the show and all the reasons that we've talked about this entire season because they've been in, you know, flailing in 500 Two games since... out of the 11 spot. It yeah. seems weird that they could miss it, but let's not screw around and find out. Right, exactly. So they don't have time to worry about considerations bigger than the game in front of them and getting that win if possible. However, if they want to try, even try to make a move of any real significance at the deadline, Talon Horton Tucker is their theoretically, and I would say actually, best trade asset that they have. And he has underperformed to this point. And if he starts losing minutes, he only becomes that much less valuable on the open market at the deadline. So what do you do there? Catch twenty two, Brian. It's not, it's not good. It's not no. good. Um, they know, need they need him playing in seven order to showcase him. Over, right. If there were seven or eight games over five hundred, or six games over five hundred, or you know, not two games under five hundred, you could you could give THT some extra minutes, or you could be like, you know what, it's okay. We can you know this turned into more of a development year, but the team's rolling. Right. We're doing okay and all that. We it's, still believe him. It's a three year deal. He's twenty. 21 now it's our money we can do with it whatever the hell we want right and it's fine it's like nobody yeah. we are not panicking nobody else needs to um but they are in a, they are in that strange spot and i i for one don't think that they're going to be in position really to make a deal um because jeremy grant for example i think can attract something better even if you think thd is good um and i still think he's got plenty of potential as do I. a guy like grant can I think attract a better package than THD and Kendrick Nunn? It could be wrong, and you don't um, know when Jeremy Grant's going to be healthy anyway, right? But whoever it might be, the 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 other GMs around the league just have to be just bananas about about THD. Take him out of the deal now. You don't have enough salary. It's like, do you love Kendrick Nunn that much? And if you have a player that's really helpful to a team um, that only makes five million dollars. Six million seven, they're not going to trade that guy. Well, so, well, for just put that out of your mind. You also got to really, I mean, really love Kendrick Nunn. Like your your entire house has you, you to be wanna filled have, with. You want to have a million of Kendrick Nunn's babies? Yeah, <laughs> like, I mean, like you, your entire house has to be decorated with Kendrick Nunn fatheads because he has not played this season. Like you got to no, love a no. guy to really want him that badly. Nunn stands. The, Right, as the main part of the deal, because again, he has not played yet. So another fascinating wrinkle that you know is indicative of of where things are and how ugly it is, but still fascinating nonetheless. Facing the Lakers and THT and uh, Frank Vogel and crew as we head into the new year and players become more available. Andy, though, for our last segment of 2021, let's look back at the year. Mm -hmm. It's been a weird one, mm -hmm. but let's look forward with optimism. Yes. To 2022. We're yes. going to ring in the new year feeling good about the Lakers and ourselves and all of you people listening. We're going to go, you know, was it over when the Germans bombed Pearl Harbor? No, <laughs> we're here for you and we'll do it next.
Locked on Lakers brought to you by Built Bar. It's the new year, and that means New Year's resolutions. One of them is feeling good about the Lakers, um, which requires a lot of resolve. But <laughs> another one is getting fit or getting healthier, and Built Bar can be a part of that plan. Built Bar is the protein bar that tastes like a candy bar, even better than a candy bar. So if you want to eat healthy, but you don't want it to feel boring, like three weeks in, you're like, oh my God, just screw it, man. I'm just going to live fat. I'm going to lean into being fat. Where's my chocolate? Well, hey, Built Bars, they're covered in 100% chocolate. Most Built Bars contain 130 calories. That's it. Only four grams of sugar, four net carbs, but 17 grams of protein. You want that protein. So even if you're not a fan of working out, and let's be honest, nobody really likes it, you can at least eat something that tastes good and it is good for you. It's When you eat a Built Bar, it's almost like a workout, except let's be clear. It's not actually a workout. If you want the full effect, go work out. There's yeah, a lot sure. of I have to exercise. Yeah. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I'm going to make sure we don't get Built Bar sued. Fitness, Built Bar not, is... fitness not included. <laughs> yes. Built Bar is not an actual substitute for a workout. We're going to hear from somebody who ate 500 Built Bars a day and somehow is not in the best shape of his life. But they got great flavors like coconut almond, peanut butter brownie, raspberry cookies and cream, mint brownies. So go to Built.com. Use the promo code LOCK15. Get 15% off your first order. Again, LOCK15, 15% off at Built.com. Let's look back, Andy, at what has been like. You and I covered, people don't know, we did uh, post game, pre and post game for the, the Lakers at 710 ESPN, the Lakers flagship station um, in LA for radio mm -hmm. um, during what people call the lean years. I still don't think there's been a, a calendar year that's been more disappointing than this one. Yeah. Um, be, just because of the expectations. And last year, the thing went off the rails for reasons that were explainable, but still disappointing. This year, they've gone off the rails for reasons that were anticipatable, uh, but disappointing. And some things that nobody could have predicted. Um, but man, this last calendar year has not been good for the Lakers. You know what? <laughs> it's something that has not been talked about, I think, a whole lot, Brian. The entire LeBron Lakers era has been really, really weird. Mm. At times good, at times bad, at times chaotic, at times, you know, very sad. But it's been all over the place, like all over the map in ways that are just kind of hard to wrap your head around. Like before we did this show, I just started off the top of my head making a list of all the weird stuff that has happened with LeBron as part of the Lakers, just like the, the entire spectrum of things that the franchise has dealt with, gone through all of that good, bad, sad, the Luke Walton, will he, or will he not get fired saga? Oh yeah. The Anthony Davis, will they or will they not trade for him at the deadline saga where the, the entire team was being publicly dangled out there for Anthony Davis in an ugly stalemate ultimately between uh, Dell Demps and Magic Johnson. Uh, story time with Rob Palinka. Every time mm -hmm. something would go bad, Rob would go out there tell us some uh, <laughs> I fable. Missed, I miss story time with Rob. Yeah. Remember the people in the trolleys, Andy? Oh, yeah. Remember the trolley? People the, the trolley, trolley people? Yeah. yeah yes. Trolley um, people. That, he used the the story of the trolley to explain why uh, you know they didn't do anything better at the deadline, um, or the things they did do, like uh, trade Zubats for Mike Muscala, Magic surprise resignation, uh, Luke eventually getting fired, the bleep show process of hiring Frank Vogel, including 
requiring that Jason Kidd lurk over his shoulder as his potential replacement. Uh, Chinagate in the preseason of the 2019-2020 season, which affected both the Lakers because they were in China. LeBron You're going chronologically through the LeBron era. We just got into that season. Like I like, know. Oh, my I goodness. No. Uh, the 2020, <laughs> I know, Brian. The 2020 team hitting the ground running in, in amazing ways, like one of the best chemistries you and I have ever been mm -hmm. around. Like that, that team was an absolute pleasure to be around and to cover. Um, obviously, Kobe Bryant's death, um, which you know is something the organization still feels and is still, I think, frankly, processing. Uh, Darren Collison Gate, will he or will he not join the team? Um, including the very public outing him. sitting they courtside with Jeannie. They got him. Took a couple uh, they of years in the pandemic. Him. They got him. <laughs> it's all good. Speaking of which, COVID and the pandemic. Yeah. The bubble. Uh, last offseason, team overhaul 1.0, bringing in a lot of dudes with very strong personalities. Dennis Schroeder, Montrez Harrell, Mark Gasol. Uh, Dennis Schroeder and his multiple cases of COVID, not COVID. Um, Andre Drummondgate. Team overhaul 2.0, <laughs> which includes obviously trading half the team for Russell Westbrook, then letting Alex Caruso walk. Um, now, obviously, everybody in the protocols this year. And then finally, the last thing I could think of besides some of the stuff that we've just discussed to death, LeBron's weird one-sided feud with NS Cantor Freedom. Yeah, that's an odd one. Um yeah, a lot, I, I'm sure there's stuff that we're forgetting. And, you oh, know, again, this, this please, is off the top leave of my it, head. Leave it, with... leave it in the comments section. And then, you know, again, that's not all this year, but it's the LeBron era, which you're right, has been exceedingly odd. Um, yes. And yes. it's going to remain that way unless they can turn things around. Certainly the, the air of disappointment around it is going to get oh, larger. Brian, if they can't turn. Oh, yeah, I'm sorry. Uh, the buddy healed trade that what really never happened was well I, I would happen. I just figured that was a part of offseason makeover 2.0 but you're right well sure but I just wanted to clarify like the Lakers had a deal so on the table that Kyle Kuzma thought he was going to Sacramento yes um let's look forward to the this to this year let's mm -hmm. I mean because you know look we all are aware it's gonna be hard for the Lakers to climb higher than the fifth seed it's gonna be you know they are it's gonna be they are not going to fully realize what they could have been had they all stayed healthy and developed continuity like there's certain things are off the table but both of us believe that you know all hope is not lost they will get anthony davis back presumably at some point and the big three will play together and they will go into the playoffs presumably with russell westbrook and lebron james and anthony davis and that is not a bad way to start if you can get guys kind of moving in the same direction and find some some chemistry there and with that in mind andy let's think optimistically what is something that you are looking forward to that you kind of believe in that could help propel the lakers to a what would now be a kind of surprising we believe level of success in the calendar year 2022 well actually uh you already set up one and this was something that i heard zach Lowe point out on uh thursday's low post podcast lebron ad russell westbrook playing without a center they are plus 10 per 100 possessions, which is very good. Mm -hmm. And that is, A, the way the Lakers ideally should play, and I think in less matchups or, I don't know, availability, foul trouble, et cetera, means they can't, I think is it is the way they're going to play. And that does provide some degree of hope for them moving forward. And we, we've said, actually, Brian, for all of the consternation over the different, you know, crappiness of this season and all the different drama 
those three together have actually had a lot of moments where they've looked pretty good. And we've seen at times, it's felt like they were developing chemistry as a trio and starting to figure out how to play off each other. Mm -hmm. And then like everything this season, they were not able to build on it. But again, small sample size theater because there is no lineup that has a big sample size with this team at all. Right. And, and it's, you know, there are all, there are all sure. other caveats, but, but that is something that does. And actually, frankly, has given me some degree of hope for the season that the three of them together, you know, you're still talking about three really talented guys and it is a talent-driven league. And Russ as the third star is a very different thing than Russ in the situation where he's in now where they need him to be, you know, carry, helping carry a team. And mm -hmm. whether he he's capable of it or not, stylistically can do it or not, it works. It's, it's not ideal. You know, he is, you know, if, if he's your third best player and playing in that kind of responsible way, good shot selection, you know, not too crazy with the turnover stuff like that. That's a different deal than the second best player, particularly when the the on a team like the Lakers, where there's such a a disparity between the third and the fourth best players on this roster. You know, when yeah. everybody's available, I am I'm with you, kind of on the way uh, you're looking at this, and you know, you talked about the way they're going to play going forward. That to me is my piece of optimism. I feel like they finally have settled on an identity. Yeah. Um, and it is this centerless lineup. It is a big free, for the most part, um, lineup and 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 an attack. And the and the reason I think they've come to this was David Fisdale's answer after the Houston game, I believe it was, when Dwight didn't play at all, and obviously mm -hmm. DJ as well. And he was asked about that going forward. And he's, you know, all the platitudes and all the niceties and all that about both DJ and Dwight. And they're an important part of our team. And they're going to be matchups where they're really valuable. And which so is true. And we saw, which is true. And we saw it on Wednesday because they didn't want LeBron leaning on Steven Adams for 40 minutes. Right. Um, but that answer told me that, yeah, this is how we're going to play. And once we get Reeves back and Ariza and Bazemore, if they choose to play him and, you know, whoever else, and now you add Stanley Johnson to that mix, who fills a defensive role that um, that will be critical and can be balanced by better offensive players. This is they they've got an identity. Part of the problem this year, I think, Andy, is they haven't kind of figured out what they are, and for better or for worse, now I think they know and they can start to design and scheme based on that. Better or worse, but at least you know what you are. And I think that makes a big difference. And it's something that makes me optimistic for, uh, you know, going into to, to 22 for the rest of the season. Uh, one more element that I would say gives me some reason for optimism is just mm -hmm. Stanley Johnson, period. Just having him on this roster. And I want to make it clear, like, I think he's been very good to begin the season. I think he, you know, he's always been a good defender. He's not like defensive player of the year caliber, all defense, because if that were the case, I don't care what his offensive shortcomings are. He wouldn't have been, been struggling to stand. Right, he'd been in yes. the league. Anybody that good defensively will always Matisse have a job. Matisse is going to be in the league for a long time because right. while he's not a great offensive player, he is insanely good on right. defense. And Stanley Johnson is not at that level. I just mm -hmm. want to I want to make sure that we're keeping these expectations clear. However, he is a good defender. He's a very willing, energetic defender. From what we've seen so far, 
Some propensity for foul trouble aside, and probably some of this is just sort of catching up to everybody else, catching up to his teammates, you know, probably being a little excited at his opportunity. You watch him in with like rotations and stuff. I think with things like that, he's actually a pretty smart defender, mm-hmm. but he literally is something they have not had, which is a true wing defender, like a true guy that you look at and say, all right, that's a small four. That is a guy that can guard along the wings, guard down a little bit, guard up a little bit, but and he's, you know, fit, uh, not fit wise, but like type wise, body type wise. That's him. And yeah. the Lakers have not had any, frankly, they haven't had anybody like the that closest the thing last... they had was Trevor Ariza, who is not perfect for that and also is 37. Well, I it's was like... going to say, forget this season. I was going to say they haven't had anybody like that the last few years. Yeah. Like even the year they won the championship, like they were kind of cheating with Danny Green. That's not really what he is. And he would give up a lot of size. Like Stanley Johnson will not give up size. Nope. In, in his Certainly, strength, very strong guy. So I, I agree with you there. And I will say this and, and Pete Zayas at Laker film room uh, on Twitter and you know, the, the, the podcast as well noted that while he is not a great offensive player, not a good shooter now, because again, if he was, he'd be in the league and the Lakers couldn't have access to him. Um, he's not a bad passer. He can put the ball yes. on the floor a little bit and all that. So he's got some of those ancillaries. He's not going to screw up your offense in a way that other total offensive negatives might he is not a scorer he is not a shooter but he is he is capable in other ways of of keeping an offense moving he, i was so gonna he say ha- doesn't have to be a negative in that way That's, i was gonna say so yeah i agree it's good what we've seen so far like again he's not a great offensive player but he does seem pretty decisive in terms of whatever he's going to do with the ball none of which has ever hang on to it that long yep but he, so, he doesn't yeah, seem he doesn't seem ill at ease when the ball comes to him. So, you know, the Lakers have been, and LeBron are very good at, at making sure guys are not asked to do things that are outside their lane. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, Kentavious Caldwell Pope, I think is, is always been the, the, the avatar for that. Yeah. So we'll see how it goes with Stanley Johnson and be shocked if he wasn't on this team for the rest of the year. Um, we are looking forward to a, a more pleasant 2022. Um, thanks to everyone for all the support over the course of this year. We really appreciate uh, you as you've, uh, kind of stuck with us and grown the show as we you know, as we took it over near the end of last year and um, last season, I should say. So uh, we're looking forward to a great next season. So yes. next year, season, year, you all know what I mean. And we'll see everybody on Monday. Happy New Year. Have a good New Year. Be safe. Don't be amateurs out there.